0: day, everyone, listeners. Welcome to another episode of The Circuit. I am Ben Beharin. Hello, world. I am Jay Goldberg. So this week, we thought it would be interesting to talk about TSMC and their earnings, largely because we think TSMC is a good, uh, call it bellwether, call it canary in the coal mine, uh, about trends, what's happening in, in semis. Obviously, they're the largest foundry uh, by revenue, by a large margin, uh, they've got customers on every continent, making uh, making products that essentially will will be in use over the next 18, sometimes 24 months. Um, so they're a good, really good indication of uh, the cyclicality that we constantly talk about uh, in the industry, and and some of their earnings has pointed to uh, some of this inventory digestion. And stall period in a couple of critical markets uh, starting to come to the end, um, not just their commentary, it seems like a number of of, of companies reporting earnings are saying similar uh, lights at the end of the tunnel opportunities in some of these areas where we've seen some pain. So we thought we would dig into that uh, as well as some uh, some other little nuggets that we uncovered from uh, from TSMC. so Jay, I'll let you. I'll let you kick it off on uh, your high-level takeaways
1: from uh, from the earnings. So yeah, I mean, TSMC is always interesting because they're at the heart of so many things that we care about, and they seem to have put in a decent quarter. Stock was up a little bit the next day. Results were good, better than expected. Some things, nothing, nothing alarmed anybody they seem to be firing on all cylinders and, you know, in terms of their production and process and their margins were fine. Lots of, so that's the the headline, you know, steady as she goes, you know, all things more of the same, but then they, they took a lot of questions and there's a lot of like interesting little color that I picked up on in, in some of their answers. I thought that was pretty fascinating. So I had a fun time reading through this one. There's a lot, uh, a lot of, Interesting uh, pieces of data, little nuggets buried all over the place.
0: very Great. true, very true. so let's let's start with so I'll just start with one that I thought was interesting. So everybody you mentioned gross margins, and it sounds like they're saying um, their rough target of fifty three percent remains achievable despite the advancing nodes. So I think I think that's positive. I think there's questions about well, how much did. Uh, wafer price increases come into that as well as how much does their price increase come come into that? Um, but I thought it was interesting that they that they specifically called out right three nanometer as six percent of wafer revenue. Um, obviously, Apple's a huge customer for this. I don't I don't know we we no one knows, but I don't know if Apple was one hundred percent of that. I know they're a giant chunk of that. Obviously, other customers are are sending them payments for. Um, and three is that's ramping for their products coming into early next year. So part of that could be payments that, that were taken. But that is a couple po- points ahead of where five nanometer was at this point, which I think a lot of analysts took as, as a positive sign that this would be a strong node. Clearly questions about how constrained they'll be versus where they were at this time, five nanometer. But my hunch is that that's a bit more toward um, revenue than volume. So I'm not sure that we can draw a corollary that their volume on three nanometer at this point was higher than five, but I do think it was a little bit of a higher, um, of a higher price point. But I think those, some of those factors are, are, are coming into gross margin, but I think that that was positive. And then the other question that gets thrown around is, you know, what's going on with CapEx. Um, they did mention, what's going on with some of the work in, um, in the Arizona factories for advanced process, uh, as well as, uh, I think some packaging, but they're being very sensitive with CapEx. I mean, it's come, it's come down from where it was a couple of years ago where they were the undisputed leader in CapEx amount. It looks like that's starting to normalize. I'm not sure if you have a read on some of the other reasons
1: why they're dialing back CapEx slightly, not a lot, but slightly. So all right, let's take let's, let's take those separately. In terms of gross margins and what's going on with their mix of process nodes, I, I thought they were very upbeat in terms of adoption of five and three nanometer. They sounded pretty positive. They said five is doing well, three is ahead of that. I think you're right. I think the math probably pencils in that it's it's as much about wafer pricing as as, as volume. But for a company that's you know their prime metric seems to be gross margin that that doesn't they don't care right they they they're happy with where their gross margins are as a result so i i have to go back and look i don't remember the timing of five nanometer i think it came like a quarter earlier in the year and so the the way that it flows through the numbers i think we're a little bit of like there's a little bit of boost at five nanometer got so I, i guess what i'm getting at is i i think pricing is better volumes are where they need them to be i don't think there's too much in there Uh, the one weakness they saw was seven nanometer continues to be weak Mm. which is basically MediaTek and qualcomm had a terrible year right this you know smartphone volumes are down pretty significantly in 2023 and a lot of that was on seven nanometer and so seven nanometer is behind and I, i think that's you know all right that's macro we'll just chalk that up to macro uh, but it's also interesting because I hear that they're going to a lot of the sort of analog players, saying, "Hey, you have something on Global Foundries, whatever sixteen nanometer. Don't go to ten; just skip to 7. And so they're actually mm-hmm. offering some discounts to 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 move that over. They didn't seem to don't seem to be seeing much traction on that front. So that's good mm-hmm. for Global Foundries, but it's it's kind of something I'm tracking in terms of what's happening for somebody else. Is like it's a big it could have been a big problem for GF and I doesn't sound like it's played out that way, but again, too soon to tell. Mm. So that's, that's, that's my take on, on mix. Um, on, on the Arizona stuff, I, I got really fascinated by the language they used. I was really, really, I spent a lot of time just marveling at the language they use. They've clearly engaged a high level corporate communications specialist Probably somebody in Washington D.C., because some of the answers they gave were just so uh, incredibly wordsmithed. <laughs> right? They, right? They, they. You mean this, they said a lot without particular. saying a lot. <laughs> this this set, this one sentence really like I just I, I highlighted it. Our pricing will also remain strategic to reflect our value, which includes the value of geographic flexibility. We will also work closely with government to secure their support. <laughs> <laughs> So so like let's let's decode that. Pricing will remain strategic to reflect value. So they're they're gonna raise prices for products coming out of Arizona. The value of geographic flexibility, Apple wants parts built in the US. Okay, pay up. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna continue to work closely with the government to get more subsidy dollars. I mean it's just like the, right and they talked a lot about their their plant in Germany, which comes on stream in twenty twenty five, their plant in Japan. Yeah. Which are sort of which are trailing edge right they're going to go i think they're going to start at 28 and 16 um but they're getting a lot of government support for that and they called it out i mean it was really interesting and then it, even more they they said something about arizona that i thought was just really entertaining um they said they were they they again really precise wording they said they were st- receiving strong support from the city of phoenix the state of arizona and the u.s federal government and they can Continue to develop positive relationship and work closely with our local trade and union partners. So getting strong support from the government, unions aren't quite there yet. Yeah. Right? Again, they they have somebody in D.C. helping them out. They're getting Chips Act money, probably. And so they have to be very careful what they say. And they're just like really, really fine-tuned wording here. Um, Right? But you boil it all down. Producing outside of Taiwan is gonna be more expensive for them. Yep. Right. They talked about like why that was. They 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 went into some of that about flexibility and especially they said maturity of the local semiconductor industry, which means they don't have the talent. So like all these things going on. But but then they and they always come back to, but we're you know, we're gonna hit fifty-three percent gross margins, we can continue to do that, and we think we can get above that eventually.
0: Right. Right.
1: So what
0: what 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 intrigues me. About this, I mean, and and I I haven't seen I should have looked it up, but I I haven't seen a longevity chart of TSMC's gross margins. Um, but clearly, part of the scale back in capex is to help manage that. But but as you rightly just pointed out, a huge part of that is that fabs remain operational and above a threshold of capacity. And I had been thinking about this, too, because, you know, the point you made about 7 w- w- was interesting. Like, we we haven't heard, especially when you talk to a lot of people who are still big on trailing edge, which that's microcontrollers, it's automotive, uh, even some fortune of some of these HPC chips, um, you know, going in as accelerators, they're still, you know, 14, maybe sometimes 10. Um, Global Foundries, you know, obviously is not going to go to 7, at least I haven't caught up recently on their... Commentary. It doesn't sound like they're they're trying to get there. So so there's that there's that gap, right? So the question is, in that middle, do those customers move down to 10, 7, and or five, right? As more fills up with TSMC three, and and move to those nodes, or is is there a real risk here that they do start to have some trailing edge? Well, it's not, when we say trailing edge, it's not really trailing edge. Anything below seven is leading edge for, for TSMC. But, but is it possible that you do see some of those at seven, maybe even creep into parts at five where they don't get capacity back or, or at, at that threshold? And then there again runs a risk of gross margin. I'm just curious, like, is there a concern? Like, are there things gross margin? I mean, again, they're not going to drop to the low 30s like Intel did. But is there some concern there that, that could be soft if some of those scenarios play out?
1: Yeah, so one of the things they pointed out to was that gross margins were a little bit lighter than they had guided to in the latest quarter, which they specifically attributed to the three nanometer ramp, ramp, right? They said gross margins are down because our three nanometer ramp is so strong, right? Mm. Which means like they Mm -hmm. don't, which sounds like they don't have their yields totally locked in for three nanometer, which makes sense, it's still very early, Mm -hmm. but they're getting so much demand that they're having to push out a lot more three nanometer wafers than they expected at those lower yields. Right. And again, this is all, you know, bips. Right. So it's not a big it's not a big deal financially, which then but leads me to question like what what comes next. Right. Because one of the things they also said is three nanometers stronger than five was, but two two looks even stronger than three, given, you know, where it is. And so their their contention is that they're going to lower capex a little bit. Or not raise capex, you know, maintaining capex, I guess, because they, you know, they figured it out. I, I'm not sure. I believe that will be true. I don't see how they can 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 do that. I think they've lowered capex because there's still a lot of softness in end demand, right? Smartphones, like you mentioned, PCs are improving, but they're still soft. There's so there's a lot of. I think at this level, i we've heard a few of the the fab's foundries talk about this like there's still pretty serious concern about macro demand so everybody's trimming capex a little bit i think tsmc though is going to have a hard time maintaining that if right because they have a lot they have they have two nanometer they have three nanometer now two nanometers coming and it's going to be very challenging uh they have a ton of demand from nvidia right they can't right they can't uh, supply everything that nvidia wants right and so and in particular it sounds like the real bottleneck is is coos its packaging yeah right so they're they're like that just that sounds to me like they're going to have to at some point increase increase capex they also a couple times mentioned that one of the reasons that they're trimming their capex outlook is because of they they foresee lower capital intensity like mm-hmm. the amount of capex dollars per Per wafer is is decreasing. And I I actually I don't buy that at all. Like if you read any anything else that's going on in the industry, it sounds like capital intensity is just increasing. Yeah. And maybe they have some process magic or they figured something out. Maybe two nanometer they can they learned a lot with three. But I I have a hard time buying that capital intensity decreases because just the the macro trend for semis is it's going up and to the right. And that and that and that's really like that's the manifestation of Moore's Law Slowing. Right? Yep. Just they're, This is just getting harder and harder to do. And packaging yep. and test is just getting more and more complicated. So I, 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 I'm not quite sure how they see capital intensity decreasing. I think it goes the other way. And you add up that, and plus all their other demand factors, I, I think they're going to have to increase CapEx next year once they see some real signs of recovery.
0: Absolutely. And and I and I do think I have not seen, and I guess, a number that I thoroughly trust here in terms of yields, but I've seen as low as 60%, you know, into the 70, 70% range, which shows you, you know, again, that there's a lot of work to be done there. But, but, but to me, that that's a little bit concerning given that this was a fairly uh, non-aggressive density target that they hit. And then exactly to your point, we're on the cusp of them moving to nanosheets and backside power right. Right. at right. two nanometer, which
1: right.
0: <laughs> there's no way, there's no way those costs have gone down. <laughs> Cost per transistor is going to be way up in that scenario. So I don't, that's right. I feel like that's disassociated to where, where we're going, especially since we know that, that, you know, Intel's seeing increasing costs with backside power and moving to nano sheets. Samsung's attempting to do the same thing. Like, there's just no way that's going down, let alone that you need to hit a good yield.
1: With those numbers like that just costs more money I, you, you just did a whole episode last week when i was traveling you did a whole episode on this exact subject and it n- nothing in that uh conversation with hooming made me think that capital intensity was going in the right direction
0: yeah and it's just getting harder like harder and harder mm-hmm.
1: everything we talked about and you, you talked
0: about and he mentioned this briefly like testing is getting harder testing is getting more expensive we're about to move to a high, you know, an EUV like this. This is this is not not getting any cheaper. So that's so that's why I'm a little bit I am a little bit sensitive about this. Be, just because there was some technical negativity that came out of this first batch of three nanometer um, that makes me a little bit sensitive to how much more is that going to cost them, and then how much does that need to potentially be offset in seven and five um, nanometer in order to keep keep margins right in the low 50% range, which is where I think I think they want to be. So so on, on top of that, you you factor into and maybe we can maybe we'll move into this part of the conversation or we can cover others, a increasing potential for competition at the leading edge and leading edge, meaning, again, everything under seven. But as Samsung has seemed to be ramping. We're hearing things that customers are starting to engage, whether that's NVIDIA, potentially Qualcomm and others, with some leading edge with Samsung. That's going to take some from TSMC's four and five, not necessarily three. So now you're going to lose some capacity from areas that they need to amortize uh, investments in. And then it literally in two years, Intel is going to be right there also. And TSMC took some shots at Intel. Um, I can't remember the last time that's happened. To be honest with you, and uh, I thought that was interesting. I I've I've I'm I'm bullish on eighteen A for a variety of reasons, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure TSMC is entirely correct in uh, in saying that they think they'll have better performance without backside power um, in in three. When all said and done, but technical experts can weigh in on that and see. Anyway, I'm intrigued by all those things that we know have favored TSMC, right? Keeping spending capex, maintaining high yields, maintaining uh uh high volume at the at the leading edge and good gross margins when it seems like we've got a really competitive battlefield brewing for let's just say 2 3 maybe 2 through 5 nanometer, I guess is kind of how I'd, I'd put it.
1: Yeah, they 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 were very explicit, right? Somebody asked them a question about Intel, and they actually came out and they said, it was a long, complicated question, and the CEO said, will will Intel overtake us in process? And no. Like, it was just, it was just, no. And then he, he went into it a little bit, and he, he's comparing their N3P process to 18A. Yeah. Right? And, and of course, we're moving into this world of non-gap nodes, where all the nomenclature is going to get very complicated. It's very. But what they said was, uh, N3P tsmc's process will be will be earlier to market it will be more mature and will be and he said it'll be much better cost right and that's the one that i that really i keyed in on it, i i think i think uh what is going to happen is intel will have a, an 18a process that is very competitive and looks very compelling but it's going to be expensive it's cost yeah right and that's going to be tricky right i think that's that's going to be the real issue and you know i i i, I was thinking about this cuz i knew we were going to, we were in touch on this subject and it occurs to me you and i come from different cinematic universes you're dc <laughs> and i'm marvel like i think you when you got into the industry you were looking at pcs a lot and in that world intel every year they come out and say oh you know this process this this product is really competitive and next year it will be better And it was. I come at it from the mobile side. Like, that's where I came up from the mobile side of things, where every year Intel said, oh, next year we're going to be better than everybody else and finally get a foothold in this market. And they weren't. Never broke, mobile, yeah. Never broke, right? And so I'm less inclined to give them the benefit of the doubt on this one. I think it's going to be very, very challenging for them. I mean, just just one one thing to keep in mind is there's no PDK publicly available yet for 18A. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there is for N3P. Sure. Customers are playing with it now, looking at it. So I- Intel's hasn't released their PDK yet for 18A. That means customers have no idea what it's going to look like. I think it's going to be a longer time to market for that. So it's going to be even further behind once it's actually available for a foundry customer. Now internal Intel products is a separate thing. Yeah. Yeah. Intel has said that they're always going to, well not always, but for, for 18A their, their own products will get priority. They'll be their, their first to 18A customers come yeah, second. Yep but but then you start to factor that into like the timing of TSMC and N3P they're going to be it, it's going to be a real gap and so you, we i think we have to consider timing in all of this because by the time that Intel really releases 18A for customers to use we're we're going to be onto you know it's that's probably a half a node behind what TSMC is offering to customers so yeah. i don't i'm I'm less worried about competition in this front
0: I think the only, the only area where I think this gets really interesting, because I, I agree with you cost-wise, Intel has said they know this and they're going to prioritize cost competitiveness, but we won't know that until, you know, into, until it's out there. Um, but there, there is going to be, in the same way that TSMC is going to have to charge more for their US-based products to, again, someone like an Apple... Or And Apple might very well be the only customer of Intel Arizona. I don't know. But it's a good chance that they're amongst the few. Um, it, it's only going to go to categories that can actually have high ASPs. Like, there's just no way, right, that, that they're producing. As much as people want to believe it was Qualcomm for the, the prepayment for 18A, it's unlikely unless we're talking about a small slice of high ASP product. You just you just can't do it, right? You need to have, you need to have a high margin, high ASP product to incur those costs. So, so those are the areas where is it server? Is it uh, is it is it AI's? Is it GPUs? Is it is it what areas can they start to get customers on? Even if it's small volume but high ASPs. And then alleviate some of the pressure of high demand at TSMC for two, which will obviously be, I mean, again, right? The issue you have is year one was almost 80% Apple. Year two is 50% Apple for three. So you've got a huge customer absorbing all of that. Additional capacity could be there from a vendor. But again, you're exactly right. It may not be cost competitive, but it might be fine if this is a technological advantage in an area where you've got high ASPs. And that's what I think I'm curious to see. Is there a true technology advantage with what Intel is doing? Because they believe there is. And smart people there are evaluating them versus TSMC. And I I do think there's a reason to pay a premium if it's going to yield you a premium price to you and your end market customer or an advantage somewhere technically. It's
1: It's a fair point it's a fair point there. It is reasonable to hope that Intel can actually deliver some technological advantage over TSMC because they've done it in the past. I just wonder, I I guess my concerns are more economic, right? More timing and cost. And, and like, is Intel going to be in a position where it has the best technology but it's so expensive that nobody uses it. I mean, that, that's yep. exaggerated. But I, I think I think that's where I start to see strain in the model. Yeah. Um, now, it, you know, maybe that works out, but ooh, it's gonna be it's gonna be tight. Um, I, and you know, I I think for Intel, I I know they 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 want to be able to say they have f- uh, f- five nodes in four years, and they have tech they've achieved technological superiority. I think that's a good headline. I think what matters more for Intel is they don't really have to be ahead of TSMC in performance by whatever metric. Like they just need to be competitive again, and that that yes. that's enough for Intel for the stock to work again for the company to to live long enough. And then we get into whatever comes after 18A, 16A, whatever comes next. Like then we start to talk about you know whatever yeah. whatever that is then then i think i think that's the timing where we start to see real competition and then we yeah. get to the end of the decade and then and then it's a real fight for the foundry i don't i don't think the the fight for foundry comes in this decade i think it comes in 2030 mm-hmm. and then if intel is still executing like it has been the last couple of years then then that's when the real fight is on so that'll be episode you know 300 or something yeah no for and us. i think you're right And I, I think that's the right
0: perspective actually is that there should be some things that we hope for in the um you know call it limited expectations but positive takeaways for 18A like you're exactly right it, it doesn't need to blow them away but we let's met, let's benchmark progress with a couple of these things we've said if they do these things right that's great and then cuz you again everything you've not you've mentioned before right cuz first of all they have to Attract customers, service those customers, and be trusted by those customers because no one's going to jump to them and be like, "Oh crap, you didn't hit sixteen A or whatever." We're, we've we just made up this term. If we're right, man, we're like gee, Anyway, <laughs> hypothetically, we are calling this J and Ben on the circuit sixteen A, even though no one has any idea. But but we'll just use that as a nomenclature. Whatever's after eighteen A, Intel has to assume that as they win and those those customers that they stay with them. Very similar to customers stay TSMC. So it has to be bought in on roadmap full on trust do you know hit these benchmarks with 18a then you're exactly right start to then deliver those fundamental points with processes nodes after because that's where it, again it's going to get really hard for everybody it's going to get really hard for intel it's going to get really hard for tsmc samsung may not make it and so you've kind of got these wherever we're at end of this decade exactly right could could get really interesting assuming again intel keeps keeps uh keeps fighting but like i said it was interesting that yes the question came up you know tsmc acknowledged it and i just you know like i said i haven't heard them and it's not going to go away like i think that question is going to keep coming up and they're going to have to keep addressing intel in some in some way which will be interesting
1: yeah that's right that's right and i think the way that i think about it is 18a doesn't matter to tsmc 18a matters for amd a lot why? That's, because, because Intel is, 18A will help Intel compete in the data center, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So 18A uh, is- for,
0: you mean for product, product, their products. Right, yes, yes. yes, yes. Right,
1: and yeah, for so their internal products. So 18A doesn't matter to TSMC. 18A matters right. for A and D, in product product competitive level, yes. dynamics. Right. Whatever comes next, 16A, negative three, IA, whatever, whatever that is, that, that's where it will start to matter for TSMC. Yeah, yeah. That's so
0: the you, uh, and I'll just throw this out though because, and and t- 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 what what I'm saying is relatively I think superficial, but the geek side of me gets very excited about this because there was a time where, and and as you ac- accurately pointed out, my history with Intel is largely PC, but but there was a day where I would go sit at very technical process days, like they were tech days. But Intel, I, I felt like I was at semiconductor school in these days. And they were just talking about all this work that went into transistor design. Why they, what went into FinFET? Why it's bigger? What the pitch was like? Why it's longer? How did we increase it? Like, and I just, I loved this stuff. Like, it was like, nobody else is going to like I mean, there's a handful of people who like this stuff. But it was not for the general consumption. But, but I am genuinely excited at the idea that TSMC and Intel... Probably Intel, maybe not TSMC as much, although I hope TSMC and and Godfrey, if you're listening to this from TSMC, we'd need to chat about this because I want this. This is the thing where I would love for them to start telling technical stories about process design again. Because I think that's super interesting. I love the innovation of it, the tech the technology of it. And I'm curious if they start to do that. Like, do we get into a marketing or positioning battle? process tech so people can see innovation, technology innovation at a at a foundry design level. I hope that happens because I would love it. I don't know. But but to me the prospect of that possible uh, marketing ish of, of a very technical thing is exciting to me because I generally enjoyed
1: those tech days. <laughs> I I guess we're gonna have to go to semicon next year in Taipei. <laughs> or yeah.
0: Well and it it doesn't even happen at hot chips the same way like it did. These things I sat through at Intel were so technical. But like I just loved it. I loved I loved digging into the weeds of transistor design and process technology and everything that went into gen on gen on gen. So you know, but 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 that's why I think it's interesting is that they're gonna say, Okay, well, is there a technology innovation that happened with something that you did? And and I'm curious if competition breeds some of that in this space, because I'd love it if it did. I think it's technically interesting for those that dig into it, but understanding a technical advantage that someone has in something, in this case, manufacturing, foundry, and or process design, can lead you to the potential innovations that can come from customers when they take advantage of it. So I love the the differentiation angle of that if if it comes out. So like I said, maybe superficial, but I will enjoy it if that reality happens in the 25, 26
1: time frame, I, 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 yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, cause I was wondering about that too, is like, I, I am fairly familiar with what Intel is working on in terms of architecture and all the little things they're bringing. Cause it, there's a lot of material out there. They've talked about it a lot. And I don't have that same level of familiarity with, with TSMC. You're, you're much deeper into the, to the weeds than I am. But even at my level, I'm like, how is TSMC gonna do the wide? Mm-hmm. It seems like that would be an interesting event for them to do sometime next year. They should probably do it when the, the when the Arizona Fab opens. Right. They bring everyone down there, give a tour, and then they do a technical deep dive into nano sheets and yeah. how they're doing backside power and whatever is coming next. Yep. Yep. That's a good point. All right. I like it. And, and the and I'll the other one that. is
0: that Samsung doesn't do this. They have historically been very coy at their technology innovations. And I like hound them on this. Like, look, like, please just explain to me so that I can at least use a vector of where I think you have a technical advantage. Cause I do think that's an important part of the analysis and they don't ever want to talk about it. it. It was, it was all, it's almost as bad Jay as, and I'm going to take a shot here that you're going to appreciate as when you ask Huawei about high Silicon and it's a dead zero conversation. We will not talk about that at all. It gets almost that bad. Samsung at least talks about something, but they don't do, they don't do what Intel I think Intel's going to do.
1: Which might force TSMC to do it. And Samsung's just gonna be like, we don't talk about these things. <laughs> yeah, that, that one cuts close to home because the one conversation I ever had with Huawei about High Silicon, they all were sitting around the table and they conferred with each other in Chinese about yes. what they thought about High Silicon. And I they didn't realize it. I understood what they were saying. Yes. yes. <laughs> it was it was not complimentary. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Good. So so, so I got all a few right. other things I think yes. I think are interesting on the like I think we want to call out one is this is just my pet peeve there are a bunch of questions on the, on the call about what TSMC thought about long-term demand for smartphones like 2025 2026 mm. and I just want to point out that don't ask TSMC that question <laughs> they 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 don't know right right they know what they're talking about now is inventory in the current quarter is moving in the right direction right they've said all their yes. customers they they think they think we're not at the bottom quite yet but we're very close to the bottom of the inventory cycle for for PC and smartphone semis. Yes. And they know that because they're getting orders for, you know, what's going to go into products in a, in a month or two, right? So they're shipping those out. So they know what the next quarter, maybe two quarters looks like. And it's, it's positive, right? For the first time in five, six quarters, their customers, Qualcomm, MediaTek, and the rest are increasing inventories. They don't have enough product for the first time. So they're building backup in That's a good sign. Mm. But Ask them about twenty twenty six. They have no idea, right? They they read an answer from a spreadsheet, but like we all know that those spreadsheets are created by them talking to people like you and me. It's, they, they don't have any really special knowledge there, and and so they're really they're they're good for near term. They're not so good for long term demand. They don't know. Um, that's sorry. I just that was my little. Rant well, I just on, on that point, I, I don't think anybody. Can predict twenty twenty six
0: demand at this point for for any of them. I don't think Qualcomm can. I don't think Apple can. I don't think any PC vendor can. You can hope, right? But like we have some insight to next year. I guess for 25, 26 is <laughs> right. just like I'm just throwing
1: a dart blindfold. You know, <laughs> right. there's just That's no right. way. Yeah, agreed. Um, on a more more positive note, they talked a lot about AI. Or they got a lot of questions about AI yeah. and what's AI right. doing and Again, when they talk about AI now, they're mostly that's mostly code for Nvidia, right? They say they 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 can't meet demand for AI products, right? That right, which is consistent. That's Nvidia. We all know how Nvidia is doing right now. Lots of demand for their products. There, but they a lot of so a lot of questions shifted to AI on the edge, and again, they don't necessarily have any greater insight than the rest of us. Uh, They they said a few things like yes, they think there's going to be more AI in PCs and smartphones which is pretty obvious to everybody right now, but it didn't sound like it was coming soon, mm. in, at least in meaningful. But one thing I th- they said that I thought was interesting is in terms of their own expectations for what AI means, they said it, the most likely outcome is they think it's going to lead to larger chips, larger die. Yes. They really like AI on the edge because it's, everyone's going to have to put NPU cores into an SOC or mm-hmm. into a CPU, and that's going to mean bigger die. Yep. That's really good for TSMC, right? Bigger die means fewer chips per die. Fewer die per wafer means more wafers to get the same level of demand. But they actually said, like, they don't think AI is going to change unit demand, but it will grow the size of the die, which means more wafers for them. I thought that was, that was a pretty encouraging trend on their side. The, the other thing I, I, I thought that was lacking a little bit in the calls, so they didn't talk too much about packaging. They got a couple questions, but it wasn't really a, a center of focus. And I, I think that's some of the most interesting stuff that's taking place at TSMC right now is the advances they're making on packaging. Um, I, I wish they they gotten a little bit more, you know, a little uh, pushed a little bit harder on some of those questions. They did say that the COOS demand is strong. Again, that's mostly NVIDIA. Uh, they, they have a couple other things going on. And then they mentioned silicon photonics, which... One. This is one area where I think Intel is legitimately ahead of them because their description of their own silicon photonics is uh, they're they're still working very hard to get costs down, and they're it, it. It very much sounded like a work in progress, at where I think Intel is much closer to having something firmly productized. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, and I thought that was that was notable.
0: I th- I think the so uh, I I having seen some uh designs from uh some custom folks using packaging in uh in tsmc i think you're you're right about at least from what i've heard almost anybody who's moving to a server-side ai ish chip is using packaging because they are making chiplets in some capacity and the larger die goes goes two ways right which i think is super interesting exactly what you ha- what you said which is part of one of the big takeaways i had from intel's advanced packaging facility is that you can then take two giant dies and stick them together and so essentially you can get more wafers right more or more less like you said less die per wafer but need more wafers to make these gigantic things that are going to be the size of our you know 240 by 240 or beyond, which was where Intel's point was you got to move beyond organic substrates to glass to get to that size. But this is where we're going. Like AI will drive a gigantic chiplet, a chiplet, you know, the size of a tile, large 12 inch by 12 inch tile square. I mean, it's going to go there inevitably. But, but the point is you're mixing and matching all of those to do it. The only way you do that's with packaging. And that's why I think you're seeing everybody start to talk about, because, you know, AMD is doing this. Amazon's doing this with Inferentia. You've got uh, NVIDIA doing this. Uh, obviously, Intel's doing their own thing. But everybody's doing these because the AI is demanding it. Like, you just can't meet the demean- demand with one monolithic die. And so that's huge. That's huge for everybody. And so I, 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 do, think, I do think TSMC doesn't know quite the story to tell here yet, because co is is good, but it is also somewhat limited in what it can do. And I'm not sure what their roadmap is. I don't know that. I know they're not telling anybody, but I think a story's coming. That's probably a 25 story, possibly more so than next year. So I know they'll refine that. But you're exactly right. This is a huge positive trend for anybody in manufacturing because the demand for more tile based, chiplet based products is only going up. Because driven by AI, and I sent you a couple notes, we don't have to reference them, but you saw some of the forecasts by these people on AI server side, like, it's going to be 180 billion, all the way to like 100 billion, like, we don't know. But but the the point is, they're saying, this takes drastically different hardware. And that changes how you design chips and how you manufacture chips. And packaging's literally like the center of that, because it's the glue that puts all these things together, almost literally
1: the glue that puts these things together. Yeah, yeah, it's super important. It, it's, it's an interesting topic. I wish they would talk more about it. it seems like a good topic for them to have on their on their technology day. I'm gonna I'm gonna book a hotel in, in, in Phoenix for 2025. I could do that right after this. We'll go to Chandler and then we'll
0: go to North Phoenix where we'll just do because Intel's just sent some pictures where they're showing the building of their package build out capacity in Chandler's and is being manufactured. Anyway. Okay. Interesting times. That was good. I'm glad we, I'm glad we dug into TSMC. Was there any, any last thoughts you had?
1: Yeah. My, my last one is a high level thought. Somebody asked them, what's the hardest part of advancing process technology? And, he he got, he worked at it for a while. He finally came around. He said the hardest part is cost getting, which I think he meant getting unit costs Mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was, I think that I I wanted to close on that because I thought it was very telling. It was very telling about like when, when Intel talks about process, they talk about performance. And when TSMC talks about it, they talk about cost. It's a very different worldview uh, between the two companies. And I just thought Mm -hmm. it was, worth pointing out that's a great a great so, observation and a
0: hundred percent hundred percent correct um okay cool well that was good good uh rich discussion there were so many little shoots we could have taken we we stayed pretty focused which was nice <laughs> thanks for listening everybody we will uh tease for next week we will probably or we will do Qualcomm because they have a giant event where they're announcing a bunch of stuff. Uh so we'll review what was interesting uh about that and uh and yeah, so that'll be the tease for the next episodes. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe.
1: Uh hit us up on Twitter with questions, etc. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening everybody. Tell your friends, check us out on all the socials and all the online. We're there.